Hey, I'm Austin, and welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. Frantic, reactive, scattered, chaotic, even stressed? Ever feel that way about your family? Perhaps you find yourself functioning as if your whole strategy when it comes to family is let's just do what needs to be done. Join us this week as we look at what it means to incorporate heavy doses of compassion into the lives and world of our families. Welcome to the final week of Frantic Families. Hopefully, you are not sick and tired of your family. But if you are, you now know what you need to do, right? I'm excited today to talk about the off-script family and what it looks like when things don't exactly go according to plan and we find ourselves off-script. We're going to talk about that and just have a good time thinking through a couple of different things there. Before we talk about the off-script family, though, I've got a couple of reminders for you guys. Here's reminder number one. It's about your life verse. So back in January, we had this whole series where we really challenged our entire faith community to pick a verse or a couple of verses that you could use throughout this year to kind of anchor your soul. And I've had just some wonderful conversations with a lot of people who are thinking about that and have implemented that, and that is so encouraging. So if you have found that life verse, I want to encourage you to stick with that. and Don't forget about it. If you haven't discovered that verse or verses yet, there is still time to do that. And I would encourage you to jump into the Bible and just find something that you can anchor your soul in for this year. To encourage all of us with this, I had an individual come to me and share that one of our youngest attenders here at Valley Point found a life verse for themselves. So I want to show you a picture of Max on the screen. This is Max. He's four months old, and about three weeks ago, his dad came to me and said that Max has picked out a life verse. I'm like, you're kidding me. Well, what is it? And he said his life verse is Psalm 6-6, which says, I am worn out from sobbing. So see, a life verse can work for all ages. So if you have found it, embrace it, live it out. If you've yet to discover that, then I'd encourage you to jump into Scripture and find that, and that will be a great thing for you to embed deep in your heart. That's reminder number one. Here's reminder number two. It's about your family rallying cry. Last week, I talked about how valuable it is for our family organizations and even for individuals to establish a rallying cry. And a rallying cry is just a simple statement that answers this question. What is it that we, or what is it that I want to accomplish from now until Easter of this year? What is that? And then kind of craft a statement about what I want to accomplish that is simple and easy to remember, and then just begin to rally around that. So I hope that you've had some good discussions with people around you and with your family about what your rallying cry might be. If you have yet to discover that, I want to recommend to you that our upcoming Love Day might be something that you could rally around as a family. In your program, you have our next Love Day flyer, and I want to encourage everybody to take that out right now. 
So just open up your program because on Saturday, February the 16th, which is in just a few days, we're going to be serving the communities around us. If you're newer to Valley Point, this is something that we do where we just gather and then we go and serve and love the communities around us without expecting anything in return. And we do that because we love our communities and we do this because we think this is the kind of activity that Jesus would be involved in. And so we just want to go out and we want to bless people and and serve them. And so this coming Saturday, we're going to gather at the Bethel Road campus and there will be some breakfast items there. And then you'll have the chance to sign up as an individual or with your family for one of these different events. We're going to the Ronald McDonald House in Wilmington. We're going to be painting a local library and we're going to be at the Delaware County Pregnancy Center. We're going to partner with the Salvation Army. We're also going to be at a nursing home and we're going to Urban Promise. And there's different things there that you can be involved in. And it's easy, it's simple. You just show up, you sign up, and then we go out and we serve in groups and as families. And we have a great time doing that. It ends at about noon. And so you've got the rest of the day there for yourself. But I believe this is just a great way to start your Saturday. So if you're still trying to figure out that rallying cry, I would encourage you to consider thinking about our upcoming Love Day this Saturday. Sign up for one of these events when you get to the Bethel Row campus and we'll have a great time going and serving and loving other people. Make sense? Okay, we're good. So we've been on a three-week journey of thinking about how this organization called family. And by the way, our families are organizations. We don't always think of them that way, but they really are. So we've been on this journey just thinking about how this organization called family can get a bit frantic at times. It's imperfect. It's messy. Family is challenging. I think we all get this and we all understand this. The very first week of this series, we had a guest teacher come in and he talked about the husband and wife relationship and how that can get a bit frantic at times. And he gave us some great takeaways on how to reduce the franticness with that key relationship in the home. Last week, we talked about developing a family rallying cry. What's that short-term statement that we can just rally around that is simple, that will help us reduce the franticness? And again, if you haven't found that rallying cry yet, if you haven't established that simple short-term statement that answers the question, what are we going to accomplish from now until Easter? I would encourage you to do that because a rallying cry has great potential to just reduce the franticness. So today we're going to talk about frantic families in relationship to when things go off script. I think it's fair to say that most of us have a desired script for life. We think about these things and we can picture it and we can imagine it. And then when we have that picture of the script that we want for our life, we begin to chase that. And we do the same thing with our families. We have a desired path that we want them to follow. But what happens? Life happens and things don't always go according to plan. And it is there that we find ourselves off script and things aren't going the way that we thought. And this might happen in our families more than in any other organization. We just find ourselves 
off script. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It just takes adjusting by everybody involved. And when we adjust, things can work out. When we don't adjust, things can get a bit frantic, off script. Do you feel as if your family might be a bit off script right now? Let me try to describe that a bit so you have an idea of what we're talking about. Here are some off script scenarios. Do you find yourself as an adult living at home again because that's just your best option? And you know at some point you're going to jump out and maybe you'll get married and maybe you'll have kids, maybe not, but you know you're not going to live at home forever, but you're there now because that is just your best option. But you feel a bit off script. Maybe you're dealing with a blended family because of a new relationship or a new marriage and there's just a lot of things that have to be balanced there and you feel a bit off script. Or maybe a relationship has ended and it's just gone and you're trying to figure all of that out and you feel a bit off script. Or maybe someone in your family has passed away and you know you have a whole slew of activities and celebrations that are coming and they're not going to be there and they've always been there and you feel a bit off script about that. Or Maybe you find yourself parenting your parents and that's just the season of life that you're in right now and that's what your parents need from you as kids but you feel a bit off script in that. Or maybe there's been a recent blow up in your family and everybody has retreated to their different corners and you're wondering if things will ever return to normal and you feel a bit off script. Or maybe you have a child or two or three and they're not chasing the path that you want for them. And in all of that, you feel a bit off script. As I've talked to different individuals who have walked through these kinds of things, they often say that being off script can be uncomfortable and painful and a bit scary. Now, not all of the time. Sometimes being off script is actually a very good thing, but often it's uncomfortable and painful and scary. Off script. Are you there? If you're there, there's a lot of hope for you. There really is just a lot of hope that can be put into that off script situation. If you're not off script right now, at some point, In your family journey and experience, you will be there, and so you'll want to be prepared for that day. Here's our big idea for today. That is give heavy doses of compassion. Give heavy doses of compassion. Now, that sounds a bit trite and kind of cliche-ish, but we're going to come back and kind of fill that in. So I want you to begin thinking now about how you, with your off-script family, and even if things aren't off-script right now, how you can begin to think about giving heavy doses of compassion. I want to share a few family realities with you. Here's reality number one. Families come in many different shapes and sizes, right? Like this is no mystery. This is no surprise. We understand this. Families are very, very different, and that is healthy, and that is good. 
Reality number two tells us that no family is perfect. No family is perfect. And sometimes we hide behind that whole perfect family mask, don't we? Because we want that and we want other people to think that my family has it all together and we're perfect and we're doing just fine. Or we look at somebody else and we assume that they have it all together. Well, reality tells us that there is no perfect family. And so I want to give everyone permission today to not be perfect with your family. Okay? Can you handle that? Does that sound good? Shake your head a little bit. All right, we're giving everybody permission not to have the perfect family. Here's what we want to do. We want to be real and honest and transparent and authentic with our families. Why? Because this is what we find in Scripture. As a matter of fact, when you walk through the pages of the Bible, you find that there is no perfect family. They moved from dysfunction to being outright deadly at times. I could give a lot of different family illustrations here from the Bible that illustrate that. I want to share just one with you, and that is Adam's family, not the Adam's family, although they really could fit that, but Adam's family, the very first family that we find in Scripture, it began with blame and ended with murder. And that's the first family in Scripture. God asked Adam not to eat of the forbidden fruit, and he made the choice to do that, and then he blamed his wife for the whole scenario, and the blame game continued, and there's no doubt that that had an impact on their first couple of kids. Adam and Eve had Cain and Abel, two boys, and Cain was the oldest and Abel was the younger brother. And Cain got so filled with anger and hatred and jealousy toward Abel that he thought it was a great idea to murder his brother. And that was his best option at the time. So filled with hatred and jealousy that here's my number one option. I just need to take him out. And so that's what Cain did. First family, first book of the Bible we find jealousy and hatred and murder. Now, I want you to think about this statement for a second. If the first family in Scripture who embodied the image of God in their relationships had a difficult time being successful at this, is it any surprise that we would struggle with the same thing? No, it's not a surprise at all. I mean, if the first family who embodied the image of God in relationships could not get this right, it is no surprise that we're not going to get it right either, and that is because we are imperfect. It's not an excuse. It's just reality. Here's reality number three. The business of keeping a family together is attempted by flawed individuals, and it's really hard work. I'm a flawed individual. I am, and so as I attempt to lead my family and my organizations, I don't always get it right because I am flawed and we are all in this together. So the effort, the business of keeping a family together, it's attempted by those of us who are flawed and it's really, really hard work. So families come in all kinds of different shapes and sizes. We are not perfect and the business of keeping family together it's attempted by flawed individuals. So how do we navigate our way through life? 
Because quite honestly, that sounds a bit discouraging, like we have no shot at this at all. And when we land off script, how in the world can we navigate through that? Well, we're going to start with Scripture. And if you're here, and you don't really consider yourself to be a religious individual, I'm really glad that you're here this morning. And I think if you hang around here at Valley Point long enough, you'll discover we're not very religious either. We're simply looking for hope in life, and we can find that in Scripture. And we're going to go to that today in 1 John chapter 3. I'm going to begin reading with verse 11. Here's what it says. This is the message that you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. And that's true even when things go off script when things don't go according to plan. The command from the beginning is that we care, we love, we embrace one another. We must not be like Cain. Oh, we've already talked about him. He belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. And why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what was evil and his brother had been doing what was righteous. I want to share a couple of off-script thoughts with you based on what we discover here in Scripture. And here's off-script thought number one, and that is my love for others will improve when my love for God is deep. My love for the other people in my life, even those who cause problems and I get irritated with, can be deep for them when ultimately my love for God is deep. And this is what we find in the first few verses here that we've read. These two cannot be separated. Right with God and right with man go hand in hand. They go together. And Cain had no room in his life for God. And we know that not based on guessing, but we know that based on what we find right here. I actually want to take you back to Genesis chapter 4 and read this to you because it's fascinating. God actually comes to Cain and he says in verse six, why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. You know, this is before the whole murder. God confronts him and says, I see the path that you're traveling and we can fix this. We can adjust this. Why are you so angry? Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out, watch out because sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. So you get the picture here of God coming to Cain saying, look, we can adjust this, we can fix this. If we work on our relationship, if we work on this, then this is gonna be okay. Because right with me and right with other people, they go hand in hand, Cain, and I know what you're about to do, and I know what you're thinking, and we can avoid all of this if you just adjust right now. And Cain didn't do that. And things began to unravel for him quickly, and the same kind of thing will happen for us because we can't separate this. My relationship with you is directly impacted by my relationship with God. And if that's in the tank, then my relationship with you is going to struggle. And you can say the same about each other 
And we also need to think about this in terms of our friendship and the relationship with the people that we have in our families. And when they go off script, we have to be careful. We need to work on our relationship with God because that directly impacts everything else. All right, back to 1 John, verse 13. So don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. If we love our Christian brothers and sisters, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. Wow. Some strong words here. And really, really strong and kind of frightening words here. I mean, murderers don't have eternal life in them. And anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. What's happening here? What does this mean? Does this mean if I actually hate someone that God kind of kicks me out? Well, here's what it doesn't mean. It does not mean that people cease to follow Christ when they hate. It doesn't mean that at all or we would all kind of be in trouble. Here's what it means. If we hate someone, we're simply not acting like Jesus. If we honestly say in our heart that we hate another person, and again, we're thinking about our families here, and when that goes off script, it can become easy to hate another individual. And when we hate them, we're actually not acting like Jesus, who had every right to hate the people who hurt him, but he didn't do that. So if we find ourselves in that lane, the simple reality is that God's love is not dominating us. It's not. And so the whole challenge of today with our off-script families and what we find in 1 John chapter 3 is let's let God's love absolutely dominate us. And when that happens, our relationship with other people, including those that we might even hate, can get better. It can. Think about this. If I let my love for God, my passion for God, take a low priority or even no priority at all, I'm going to be in trouble with other people. It's just going to happen. So my passion, my love for God is low or no. I'm going to be in trouble with a lot of other people in my life. This is what makes Jesus worth following. It's what makes Jesus worth embracing and giving our lives to because when we love him the way he wants us to, our love for other people is actually deeper. It is, which is a good thing. Verse 16, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us, so we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. And John found it necessary here to kind of explain what love really is. And you see it here in verse 16. It means a readiness to do anything for other people. Think about it this way. How clearly do your actions say that you really love other people? If you had to answer that, if you had to respond to that, how clearly do your actions reveal that you love other people? We actually see 
an illustration of this. We see it in action in verse 17. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Which brings us to off script thought number two. And that is move beyond trying to fix everyone and practice compassion. It's what we see in verse 17 there. Move beyond trying to fix people, which often doesn't work that well, and simply give compassion. Compassion is the key. It's the secret sauce that we throw into the off script family. And somebody's got to take that step. Somebody has to be willing to be the compassionate one. And my guess is if you're hearing this, then you're the one. You're the one who needs to take that step. You are the one who needs to be compassionate. Let me give you a a definition of compassion. It's caring enough to do something about someone else's need. I actually pulled that definition from our kids' ministry. So every month they throw out these virtues, and compassion was their virtue in December. And I thought this was just a fantastic definition. So our kids are actually helping us as adults. How great is that? Here's compassion. It's caring enough to do something about someone else's need. And we can either try to fix people, which rarely works, or we can simply give compassion. And again, if you're hearing this, you are the one. God wants that for you. Verse 18, dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let's just not throw it out there with words. Let us show the truth by our what? Actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth so we will be confident when we stand before God. The uniqueness of verse 18 is that the evidence of genuine love is not verbal professions. We see that here. But it's in vital performance. It's not in words, it's in deed. Not verbal professions, but vital performance. That's what we find right here. And it's time to practice compassion. That's the key. That's the secret sauce. Here's off script thought number three. And that is rest in the truth that God knows everything. You know, we say this, don't we? You know, God sees all and God knows all, but we don't often rest in the fact that God actually does know everything about my family situation, no matter how weird and dysfunctional and deadly and off script it might be. God sees this. Verse 20, even if we feel guilty, guess what? God is greater than our feelings and he knows everything. See, even when people don't get us, and even when our best intentions go unnoticed, and we get frustrated and aggravated with that, we can kind of rest in the fact that God knows everything. You know, sometimes when we seek to fix our families, and we seek to bring them back on script, Things don't always go according to plan. It doesn't always work. People don't listen or people don't care or people don't even value the same things that we do. And I think First John is telling us, it's okay. It's okay. Compassion is the key. And then rest 
in the fact that God knows everything about your best intentions. He really does. I want to call the band back out, and we're going to walk through a time where we really think about off-script families. And I've got a couple of people that I've invited to pray a prayer of blessing over you and our families as we seek to implement these three different areas. And so while they're coming, I want to share some takeaways with you. If you are off-script in any way as a family, if that's you and and you just know it, and maybe it's even something that I haven't even described, but you just kind of know things aren't right and we were on this path and now we're kind of over here and it's just a little bit odd and it's a little bit strange. If you are off-script in any way, find ways then to give compassion. I mean, fight for that. Just find ways to sprinkle in compassion to that off-script family. Secondly, if you're not off script, like you're like, hey, everything's okay and we're great, we're wonderful right now, well, that's great. Here's your takeaway. Find ways to still give compassion. Compassion is the key. It is the secret sauce. So 1 John chapter 3, we find some fascinating things here that speak of some off-script thoughts and what we do when we find ourselves going down a whole different path that we never thought of or we never imagined. And I think many of you probably find yourself in that spot right now. And even if you don't, the day will come. The day will come and you'll find yourself traveling a path that you never dreamed or never guessed. And that can be a frustrating thing. can be a hard thing. And so... I've invited Lee and Linda just to pray over us as families and as individuals and as organizations that we would be at our best, whether we're off script or not. And so they're going to lead us in a prayer right now. And I just encourage you to take this in and offer up your own thoughts to God right now about where you're at with your family organization and just lay that at his feet and ask God to do something incredible. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are just so thankful for our families. And Lord, we just ask that you invade them with grace and peace, that true grace and true peace that can only come from you. And Lord, we just have some desires deep in our hearts for our families, that script, and we just want to express them to you. We want to share them with you. Lord, we want our families to be the best they can be. Lord, we just want to open our hearts to you right now with everything that is on our hearts about our families, whether we're children, whether we're parents, whether we're grandparents, whether we're cousins or uncles. Lord, just help us understand what it is you want us to do. We want to lead with compassion. We want to lead with just love. Your word tells us that all things are made new, and there's some areas that we want to be new. Lord, we lift up Valley Point Church. I think of the past few weeks where we've done the marriage and done child dedications, that we would be the church you want us to be for families, that will help them grow closer, that will help them just move closer to you, Lord. We want that in our lives. We want to scoot closer to you. And as we do that, 
We want to scoot closer to our families. Father, help us. Help us be the people you want us to be. Help us make our families be the best they can be. And Lord, for the men here, maybe their grandfathers, their husbands, their fathers, their uncles, their cousins, their sons. May you just give us the wisdom, reveal to us how you want us to lead, to go into that family relationship, that off-script part, how to do it with compassion. Guide us, Lord, in every step we take. And I pray for these men that you'll give them the courage to move into that off-script place. We pray all these things in your precious son's name. God, I just thank you for this day, for this awesome day that you've given us here today. I thank you for the words that you've given to Eric and how much I needed them today, God. I just um, pray that you would just bless Valley Point Church as we continue to grow. And I just pray that you would be with each of the families here. God, thank you for the hope that you are. You're the only hope that we have. God, just help us to lean on you. I just pray that you would be with the families. God, bless each family that's here at um, Valley Point and just help us to continue to grow, just to just trust you, God, to give us the wisdom that we need to be the better wives as I'm a, a woman and for the husbands for as they lead us. I pray for our children too, God, for the children's ministry that we have here. God, just help us to help them to come to know you at a small age. God, I just thank you again for Valley Point and what you're doing here. I pray for Love Day that's coming up, God. Just give each one of us a burden to want to help others, God, and to just be there. Give us the compassion for each ministry that's out there, God, and the love for people that don't know you so that they might come to know you. I just thank you for this day. Continue to bless us and for all that you do for us. In your name I pray, amen. Well, thanks for listening. We'd also like to invite you to join us for any of our Sunday gatherings as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 and 11 a.m.